Because the saw clap call you Eric Clapton. My favorite guys. For the listeners. All right, we're back with another episode of the Gems of History podcast. Thank you all for joining us again. We are recording very late tonight, and it's it might be a mess, so just be ready for that. But I'm your host, Jacob Shop, and joining me as always, I have my two co-hosts, Mark Steinbrenner. It's going to be a full send tonight, people. And be ready for anything and everything. I also have Evan Roosh with me. Thank you all for turning for tuning in. This might be a mess. Right. So I mean, hey, hey. You're, if you're here, we're here. If you're here, you're family. We're all here. <laughs> if you're here, we're family. <laughs> I don't know if he just said if you're here, we're here. <laughs> we're all here. Hey, if you're listening, you listen. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Snort. It is is literally almost 1 a.m. right now. This is the latest we have ever recorded before. So we've drank before we've recorded before, but this is a whole new level for us. So I'm all about it. If this is if this is a mess, just bear with it because we are here to give you something, and that's podcast episode. Yep, that's right. Honestly, like name another podcast that does this. This kind of the, content. Yeah. This wow. Is, this is something. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. <laughs> can't call it quality. We can't call it quality. We have. <laughs> we <laughs> have. We can't call it quantity. We <laughs> have no. We have no joke. <laughs> been drinking since three o'clock today. I don't know. I mean, if you, not before. So you gotta. Head, yeah. Uh, so it's been. It's been a day. It has been. So we're here. We're back with another episode for you. Thank you all for joining us again. Hope you guys are ready to hear us astound your brains with some knowledge. And before we start on our topic for the day, we are going to hit you with another round of trivia. So, yeah. Can I please start first? Yeah, go ahead. 100%. Go for it. All right. So, for you two. And no one else. <laughs> <laughs> the only two guys down in this basement. <laughs> it's dying. All right. You can't you can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> what? <clears throat> wow. All right. What was the largest contiguous empire in history? A the Mongol Empire. B the Roman Empire, C, the Constantine Empire, or D, the Aztec Empire. What was the question? What was the longest contiguous? What was the largest contiguous empire in history? So what was the biggest empire in history? Was the Roman Empire anywhere in there? That was B. So it was... Do you want me to actually say the no, other part? No, I, I got what I needed. I'm going B. Okay. I'm going Constantine Empire. Mm, very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> so, the actual largest contiguous empire in history was Genghis Khan and the Mongol oh, Empire. Wow. Pretty right. cool stuff. He is such an interesting character, in my opinion. He actually just ruled such a large part of the world with honestly just like archery horsemen archery it's incredible (laughs) he honestly though is that gonna feature a podcast for you maybe oh spoilers but (laughs) but like he literally like if he didn't die of a bloody nose wink (laughs) (laughs) he honestly probably would have conquered the Roman world, he honestly would, honestly would probably conquer the entire world. Genghis Khan is insane. Like, the way that they pillaged, like, they were so savage, and just the way they, like, performed their actual deeds of war was incredible. But anyway, that's for another topic, but I'm going to defer oh, to I'm pretty Michael excited about that. Here. Whenever you get to it, that'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. Jacob, you were, you were I next. 
Uh, I'll go. Okay. All right, ready? So, in the wake of the new Godzilla vs. Kong movie that just released recently yeah. on HBO Max. Masterpiece. What year was the first Godzilla vs. Kong released? Mm. A, 1935. B, 1952. C, 1958. Or D, 1962. Can you say those again? I'm so, I'm so sorry. Can you say those again? <laughs> yes, yes. A, 1935. B, 1952. C, 1958. Or D, 1962. Okay. So, I have seen the footage of from this film. It's it's rough. It's like somebody built... Like the original film? Or yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. From, the ni- from 1952, which is the answer I'm going with. I don't actually know if that's right, but I'm pretty confident. And it is, quite honestly, terrible. <laughs> It looks like stuffed puppets just beating each other. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. But um, what what the original lacks in spectacle, the new one lacks in script. <laughs> that is a hundred percent honest. Yeah. yeah. But uh, well, I mean, the new one, like, it's just CGI monsters like beating the shit out of each other. Like, yeah, but that yeah. was pretty. All, all, all of the script is pretty bad. <clears throat> it's bad. The the kaiju fights are actually pretty. No, dope. they're dope. Yeah. They're out. Those are really cool to watch. But yeah, anytime any human talks, it's just like turn this off. So you're going 1952. Yep, I am. I will also go with 1952. Wow, you really right. trusted me here for no reason. I had no idea. The first Godzilla versus Kong was released in 1962 oh, in Japan. And Marcus Aurelius. I wasn't aware of Augustus. the minutia of <laughs> Steinbrenner. Come on. Well, so it was released. I trusted you, Anakin. I tr- <laughs> it was released in, uh, in August of 1962 in Japan. And in the U.S., it was released in June of 1963. Oh, so why the delay? They had to have the subtitles Cheers. and all that good stuff. So oh. in between the release dates, there was a little lag in getting it carried over to here. But yeah, the original, I have seen a couple of different things from the original versus the new one. And it does just look like people in like big suits fighting each other. So it's pretty funny to look at compared to what we have now. But yeah, Jacob, like me and you used to watch the, uh, I think it was like a 1995 version. I remember like early two thousands. Like we used to watch the heck. Oh my god. Yeah, we rented one from Blockbuster and we were like, why can we not get this in English? And we just right. had to read the subtitles the whole time. But that I guess that was my my intro to Japanese subtitle culture where that's, I, why that's how I so, got into anime or something. But Yeah, like that's why we're so into anime. I guess. Yeah. Hey, I'm all for it. All right, Mark. What do you got for us? This person Became the first person in space in 1961. Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Neil Armstrong, Roberta Bondar, or Yuri Gagarin? Uh, Yuri Gagarin. Ev? Can you repeat it? Nope. <laughs> oh, this man. person became the first person in space in 1961. Neil Armstrong, Roberta Bondar, Yuri Gargarin. C. Yuri. It is Yuri. Yuri Gargarin was the mm-hmm. first, was the person mm-hmm. in space in 1961. Heck yeah. We do like to think that it was Lance Armstrong though. Neil Armstrong. Is that what you said? Yeah. Lance Armstrong was the bicyclist, wasn't he? Yeah. Maybe he rode the bike to the moon. Can neither confirm nor deny. He just deny. rode uh, Rainbow Road like, <laughs> all the way to the moon. <laughs> all right, the guess I'm the, the legend. That's <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> man, back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up. Back it up back We're gonna up. just <laughs> back before Evan even mentioned anything. So. <laughs> And we're back with the, <laughs> we're with the new episode of the podcast, Gems of History. Yeah. And we're going to start off with some trivity. Trivity? Oh, no. I meant trivia. 
Okay, that was funny. I can't for listeners. This is at like 1 a.m. right now. All right, Mark. We're doing this for you. It's your topic. Let me take it from here, boys. Your topic. Yeah. You host. You're in charge from here on. I I think that's for the best. Here's here's the thing. I think it's for the best that I take over from here, but here's what's not for the best. I had chosen for today that us three were going to solve an unsolved murder case. A fairly, like, well-known, popular one, I guess. Can I guess what it is? Yeah. Is it the Black Dahlia? No. Oh. Is it a Zodiac Killer? No. Wow. All right. Let's hear it. This is going to be the murder of Lizzie Borden's parents. Ooh, all right. Oh, okay. I, I actually have no... No. Like, but- so Lizzie Borden took an ex, gave her father 40 wax. Uh, don't sing it yet, but yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the wrong. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole jingle for it. So it's a pretty People famous... It's a pretty famous murder, you know, crime or whatever, but... It is still technically considered unsolved, and I would like to see if us three incompetent selves can I mean, if figure there's it out. Anything that we could do right now, it's solve an unsolved murder. So yeah, uh, yeah. Ev, you think so? You think we can do it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was convincing. I got. I mean, let's do it. All right. <laughs> Jacob's just dying. So our host, uh, Jacob. It's just crying laughing. That right. was, no, we got it. We got it. <laughs> no doubts in my mind. Well, let's start from the beginning, shall we? <laughs> Keep it together, Ev. Keep it together. Stop yelling at me. Okay, I'm fine. All We're right. good. On August 4th, 19... Nope. <laughs> Oh my god! No way! No way! We, were, we literally haven't made it into your into your story a literal <laughs> sentence yet, and you already said no. <laughs> okay, this is <laughs> we're as a history podcast. Can we just talk about like last episode? I'll play admit I just said like beating off. Okay, in episode. And then this man is like. Nope. <laughs> no. You started saying one one single date in your story. And you said no. Said no. All, right. All right. That is that is oh, rich. Regroup, and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. I could have been dead. I could have died. <laughs> it's from Monsters Inc. But okay. Oh yeah. On August August fourth. 1892 in Fall River, Massachusetts. The bodies of Andrew and Abby Borden were found hacked to death in their home. Both Bordens were believed to be killed with a hatchet or an axe. Abby Borden had been axed 18 times and Andrew Borden 11 times. Their bodies were found in different spots in the house. For evidence, only one thing concrete was found, a handless hatchet in the basement that was clean of blood. The following people lived in the house at the time. 32-year-old Lizzie Borden, her 41-year-old sister Emma Borden, her father Andrew Borden, her stepmother Abby Borden, her uncle John Morse, John White? No, no, John Morse. John White. John White back again. Her uncle John White. Well, uh, here we go. (laughs) He definitely couldn't have done it because he's pretty incompetent. So, John Morse, who was visiting from out of town. And the family maid, Bridget Sullivan, who the family called Maggie. Emma Borden, Lizzie's sister, was out of town at the time of the murders. According to eyewitness testimony, this is how the day of the murder came to pass. At around 10.40 a.m., Andrew Borden took a nap on the living room couch. At this time, Mrs. Borden was believed to be at the doctor's office. At about 10.50 to 10.55 a.m., Lizzie claims she is in the backyard barn. Maggie, the family maid, claimed to be taking a nap in her room upstairs. At around 11.15 a.m., Lizzie in the backyard reportedly heard a heavy fall and a subdued groaning. According to Lizzie, on her approach to the house, she noticed the screen door was now open and went inside. Maggie, the maid, had not yet fallen asleep when she heard Lizzie Borden crying out, 
Come down quick. Father's dead. Somebody's come in and killed him. Maggie ran down the stairs to see the brutal murder scene of Andrew Borden laying across the couch. Maggie also noted that the distraught Lizzie Borden was wearing a blue, unstained dress. There was no sign of a struggle as Mr. Borden was believed to be asleep when he was murdered. Lizzie asked Maggie to go find the doctor across the street. Currently, the whereabouts of Mrs. Borden were unknown. Maggie returned to the house with a neighbor and claimed that Lizzie said the following about Abby Borden. Oh, Maggie, I'm almost sure I heard her come in. Go upstairs and see if she is there. Maggie and the neighbor walked upstairs to discover the body of Abby Borden laying face down on the floor of the guest bedroom. It was believed that Mrs. Borden may have been present for the murder of Mr. Borden and fled to the guest bedroom where she was also murdered. Both Bordens were struck in the head multiple times, suggesting a crime of passion. Thoughts so far? JB, you go first. <laughs> I mean, I've heard the story before, and it's very—it's a very morbid story, and it's kind of insane that it's such a cultural phenomenon at this point that people go to these places and like recreate these yeah, scenes where, and stuff. Where where was this located? Like where does Massachusetts, uh, Fall River? The I East believe? Coast is just like kind of known for like. It's a pretty crazy place, yeah. Well, I mean, both coasts, honestly. Like, the entire United <laughs> States, honestly. But That's so true. It's like, well, the West Coast, yeah. Also creepy shit. The Midwest, I mean, also creepy yeah, shit. <laughs> I mean, we've got Ed Gein and Jeffrey Dahmer just in our state alone. So, But, yeah, like, the fact that people go here and, like, recreate these scenes and, like, lay in these spots, like, how they were positioned and stuff, it, it's... I understand it because it's like I love true crime and all that stuff, so I could be the same person. But like, yeah, it's kind of a morbid curiosity nowadays. So that's very true. I mean, you understand it? Like, it just kind of like gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, why would you want to lay like where a dead person? Yeah, laid. Yeah, I think it's a weird crossover where murder is sometimes closely related to people's fascination with like the paranormal. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And you mentioned the paranormal and I know that there's a lot of things tied to this case with saying that the house that this all happened in is haunted and stuff like that. And I don't know if you're going to get into that later, so I won't speak on it too much, but I know that's like a, a big contentious point, whether like this place is haunted and all that. So, but Overall, I think it's just an insane scenario just to begin with that this happened in the middle of it, like broad daylight, this all happened. And the fact that it's still like such a contentious point that it's not solved is insane. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is like the middle of the day. It's like between 10 and noon in the morning. So, and then for the... Uh, the servant lady or whatever to go get a neighbor imagine seeing someone dead so you're like oh i better go get like this person's wife because like she's gonna need to know that her husband's killed mm-hmm. you go up there to tell her and you just see her dead with her head beaten in on the floor and you're the neighbor like i don't want to see this i'm scarred for what life am i supposed now? to do with any yeah, of this yeah terrible. okay so i'm very new this like this topic this subject what you just described like what is going on? Isn't that horrible? Okay, so just think about this, Ev. I mean, you got neighbors, okay. right? So oh, yeah. I understand, like, the concept, like, being in, like, a head. But, like, I'm just, like, talking about the story oh. overall. Yeah, like, nice. what's... What? <laughs> there has been a murder, and you, you are, are a suspect. Literally right. broad daylight. No. Like, this All is... All right, well, um, I'm just going to get, get my stuff, stuff down. Get settled and, in. Uh, <laughs> get settled in, and I'll be right with you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here are the following suspects for the murder, starting with the primary suspect still today, Lizzie Borden. At the time of his death, Andrew Borden was very wealthy, worth approximately $10 million based on today's standard. Despite his wealth, Andrew was reportedly very cheap and frugal with his money. In trial, Maggie testified that the Borden family lived frugally and ate a mutton-based diet, something Lizzie reportedly smiled at as Maggie described it in court. 
Five years before the murders, Lizzie had a falling out with her stepmother, Abby, that resulted in Lizzie going from calling Abby mother to Mrs. Borden. The dispute was over Mr. Borden purchasing a house for Abby's half-sister rather than Lizzie and her sister, Emma, and coincidentally, shortly after Mr. and Mrs. Borden's murders, 32-year-old Lizzie and her 41-year-old sister, Emma, inherited the estate and later bought a house on the hill in a wealthy neighborhood in River in Fall River. River Fall sounds way more like what yeah. it should be. Fall, Fall River. River. Get- Fall River, what? <laughs> that's what I that's of this whole thing, that's what I take issue with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you the murder's just- okay, but Fall River, get you- the hell out of here. This is like the most contentious point though. Like they took the inheritance and like used it so much to their benefit. That's why I think a lot yeah. of people say like it's obviously these two girls and- that did it. I know like this doesn't have anything to do with this certain case at all, but like as Wisconsinites, we do not talk enough about uh those two girls that just like try to sacrifice a girl to Slender Man. Yeah. Dude, that, I saw that. That is so up recently. I, I, the Emmer biggest thing about freaking that. Freaking bonkers. Like, they stabbed her like 40 sometimes. Again, this has nothing to do mm, with You Mark's said 40, topic. so now it does not. <laughs> but I'm also like, you derail all my topics. <laughs> so this is payback. But this like, is pay- <laughs> <laughs> It's personal. But no, I don't. I like. Yeah, this the, is the craziest thing about that case is the fact that the girl that they had attacked survived. I don't even know how that's possible, but and and they were like, "Well, yeah, it was for Slenderman." Like, just saying, like it was, but the, like, yeah, like like we're idiots. But no, that <laughs> that so that sad. does bring t- to the forefront of this topic, even like these girls from the perspective of the people that believe that Lizzie was the one that perpetrated the murders. They say that they use this to financially set themselves up yeah so i mean that's less of a motive for murdering someone than say slender man and if people if you can find girls that are willing to stab their friend for a fictional character built off of creepypastas that's way less of a motive than stabbing someone to financially inherit built off of what creepypastas yeah you don't know what that is? I know. So creepypasta is basically like internet, like fictional scary stories that people Ooh, write. Gotcha. So that's where Slenderman was pretty much born. Hmm. There was like a, a contest for someone to write like the scariest fictional story online. And someone took photos from like the 60s or the 50s or whatever mm-hmm. and pretty much photoshopped Slenderman into them and made like their own story about it. And that's how Slenderman was pretty much born. And that's from that Man. was born almost a murder and Dude, if, that's so sad for that girl if someone can Man. take that reasoning and make it into a plot for them to murder someone then i think financially gaining your father's inheritance is way less of a stretch than a lot of other things you know what i mean and then especially when you add some of the other details we're gonna get into to that it's just uh suspicious shall we say but I don't know, man. Slenderman's scary, so don't miss miss me with that. Honestly, <laughs> miss me entirely with that. Yes. <clears throat> when asked if her father had previously mentioned a will to her, Lizzie said he did not. During her inquest testimony, Lizzie's answers were sometimes wildly inconsistent. Lizzie also reportedly burned a dress of hers after the murders, claiming it had paint on it. However, the dress she burned was not the dress she was seen wearing the day of the murders. That dress was handed over to the police. The day of the murders, the housemaid, as I said previously, Maggie, saw Lizzie wearing an unstained blue dress. A Drew dress. (laughs) (laughs) So, and this is the birth of the uh, blue dress versus gold dress. Remember that? Yeah. I saw a a research. What what did, honestly, like, we're in a trust tree. What did you guys see? Blue and black. I saw blue and black, too. What did you see? I think it is blue and black. It is. But did you see gold and yellow or no? No, I think I saw gold and white. No, I thought I saw blue and black. Okay. Dude. I just remember in college, like, I got screamed at that was, like, gold and white. It just, it wasn't. Well, I just, I. It just wasn't, like, I couldn't, I, I've I looked literally at couldn't it, see it. Like, I've looked at it so many times that I don't know where people saw yeah. gold and white. But, hey. I have no idea. If you saw gold and white out there, I don't know. more power If to you me. put it in front of me right now, 
I bet you I might see gold and white. If I was ever going to see it, it's right now. But I've went into it like looking at it being like I want to see gold and white and I just couldn't. I don't I don't know how people did. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> don't know how we got on this, but I don't know either. Oh, uh, blue dress. Oh, that was me. Yeah, no. <laughs> blue dress makes sense. It's possible Lizzie could have committed the murders and then changed while Maggie was reportedly sleeping, but the time frame for that would have been very narrow. Additionally, dresses at the time were more of a process to take on and off. See, Pirates of the Caribbean, putting on the dress for all Kira the Knightley course in the first one. Yeah. <laughs> the time frame does not line up for that at all, but I just wanted to say it's that. It's similar. Uh, I mean, yeah, like sim- it's, similar it concept. Take and this yeah. is where we end up Pirates of the Caribbean 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> no, no, no. Boost no. dress, boost dress. And we welcome our special guest, Kira Knightley, <laughs> to the show. That would be nuts. <laughs> Another important detail. <laughs> he I just g- Sorry. <laughs> it just cuts me off. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Another important detail against Lizzie came from a pharmacist who testified at Lizzie's trial, stating that she had tried to buy a poison called Prusic Acid the day before her father and stepmother were killed. However, this testimony was dismissed. Why? No clarification on that, but I guess it was irrelevant. While there was circumstantial pieces of evidence and reasonable and a reasonable motive, there was no physical evidence that implicated Lizzie in the murders. The hatchet found in the basement of the Borden's home was clean, and Lizzie was ultimately found not guilty. The second suspect is John Vinicum Morse. John was the brother of Mr. Borden's first wife and Lizzie's uncle. According to Lizzie in the case's timeline, Morse was not seen from 9 a.m. until noon on the day of the murder, after the murders had occurred. According to Richard Little, who wrote a book detailing how John Morse may have been the one responsible for the murders, John Morse's alibi to the police was that he was visiting a sick relative down the road during the time of the murders, along with the town doctor. However... The same town doctor was also looking over the bodies of Mr. and Mrs. Borden. What? <laughs> at the time. What? <laughs> this okay. is a strange. Right, Hold on. Let me just finish this last oh, two oh, sentences, okay, and sorry. then we're going to dig into sorry, that. Sorry. This is a strange contradiction in his story. Additionally, Mrs. Borden was discovered dead in the guest bedroom that Morris had reportedly slept in the night before. Okay, so let's get into this doctor thing. JB, you look like you had something to say. Well, I was going to say, along with the... Uh the testimony saying that Lizzie had bought some sort of chemical or acid. Well, attempted, and she didn't get it, yeah. yeah that so, was the biggest thing for me, too. Sorry for to, to interrupt you. But, I mean, yeah. it leads to saying that she maybe had plans to do this more subtly and then didn't have the chance to, that kind of thing. But it also, I don't know, it just, it's so circumstantial, you know what I mean? And circumstantial evidence abounds in a lot of these cases so you never really know but the morse thing i don't know <laughs> oh, oh i was with this doctor oh he was there crap well, weird um, i was with him like an hour, hour. ago so like <laughs> Why is there not testimony from the doctor? That's what I want to know. I don't know if that's like off limits or what, but I it, nowhere did I find where the doctor talks to what he was up to that day. And it's weird because the doctor comes up three times. He comes up where Mrs. Borden reportedly saw this doctor that day, like went to the doctor. The doctor was over the bodies or observing the bodies of Mr. and Mrs. Borden once they had been killed. And apparently the doctor was with some sort of loved one along with John Morse. So this doctor's all over the place. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who was the loved one? Like, do you cover, like, who was the loved one? He was, okay, John Morse reportedly was in town staying with the Bordens because someone he knew closely, and I didn't dig into this real deep, but someone he knew was sick. So he was staying with the Bordens while he visited this ill person. Mm-hmm. That was close to him, a relative or whatever. So it's weird that he's in town. I mean, it's just suspicious. I mean, again, the, the case isn't solved. It's suspicious that he's in town when he doesn't visit that often, and a murder happens to happen in the room he's staying in, and no one knows where he was this day. 
and he says he's with a doctor that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just weird. Well, I don't know if you really know, but from what I remember of this case, Morse and uh, Mr. Borden weren't really on good terms. No, either. and I, I that's my next paragraph, actually. Okay. I'll, I'll read it, and then we'll see yeah. if this covers anything. According to Lizzie's inquest testimony, John Morse may have known about her father's will. Author Richard Little also cited a failing livestock business between Morse and Mr. Borden as a possible mo- possible motive for the murder. Little believes Morse may have used a meat cleaver to kill the Bordens as he was also a bird. Uh, I can't speak. Also a butcher for his profession. So a lot of people say like an axe or whatever. I don't know how different a meat cleaver is from an axe in regards to like what you're going to see in the wounds. I don't know. Well, I mean, like a meat cleaver is more of a slicing thing. I don't I know. This, this well, could be the stupidest thing I've ever said. Like a cleaver is like a slicer. But an axe is a chopper. Like, well, yeah. It's huh. meant to cut when a cleaver is meant to more like slice the meat. Like, actually, like make individual cuts. You yeah. Know? Well, and also, I don't know if. <clears throat> I don't remember if you mentioned it, but the way that they were killed, I don't remember if they were beat to death by like the blunt side of perhaps an axe or if it was like the, the sharpened edge. And either, like, even if it was the sharpened edge of an axe, it's so much, I feel like it's so much more of a wide angle compared to a meat cleaver, which would have been more of a precise angle. Because I don't, I have never used a meat cleaver, but I imagine that it's a little narrower. And to that, like, that's just, like, more force, too. Like, if you're swinging down with an axe, like, that's more force. Yeah. Because you have, like, an actual, like, full-length handle on an axe mm-hmm. compared to a meat cleaver, which you just have, like, a handhold, basically. Yep. You're, and I agree with you. You're two hands like, one hand. Right. You know? I mean, that's, like, sounds stupid, but, like, makes a world of difference. Yeah, 100%. When you're killing a man. <laughs> <laughs> Would you know from experience? No. <laughs> the only thing I've killed is a... Nothing. <laughs> oh, I was, I mean, really like, I was I, waiting for that yeah. hot confession. <laughs> <laughs> On these airways. <laughs> I just confessed to murder. No, I have not murdered anyone. I'm glad we got that cleared up right here. Um, what I will say Continue is, with your story. <laughs> Evan's like, I gotta stop continue talking. with your story. Yeah. Um I will say, obviously you can look up the pictures from the crime scene. There are you know, photographs or whatever. If you look at the heads of Mr. and Mrs. Borden, it's gruesome. I mean, their heads heads are bashed in. So it that's why they said kind of a crime of crime of passion because it seems they were hit in the head more times than necessary to kill a person. And if you they have their skulls and they they have pictures of their skulls. Their skulls are fractured where, like, half of the skull is caved in almost. So, wow, this person went to town on them. So, again, I don't know. I'd have to look up meat cleaver and all that. But it, it seems like a more powerful tool was used. When was this? Do you uh, remember? It, remember when I said, nope. <laughs> it <laughs> I was, just to, to know be exact, what the year was. August 4th, 1892. Okay. So, I mean, in this time period, too, the law enforcement methods pretty much determined murders off of people close to the people murdered because they thought that at the time, at at the time they thought that there wasn't a way that someone would kill someone else if they weren't personally invested in it. And that's why serial killer, like, investigation methods weren't discovered or weren't come about for so long because Mm -hmm. people weren't under the assumption that someone would just randomly kill someone yeah they had no idea like people just murdered people yeah and so that kind of leads to maybe the police investigating this just going after lizzie because or morris because they were close to the family and i mean those are obviously the two suspects that were there and present at the time so it it's not a stretch to say that someone like that would have done it. And especially since it was done during broad daylight, you'd think someone else would have seen something. 
So, I mean, I'm not saying that those suspects aren't valid, but it's also at the time, it's what they would have leaned towards the strongest either way. There's also additional things that are weird, like things I wasn't necessarily going to speak to for the whole storyline, but circumstantial, like apparently Mr. Borden was actually working that day and got sick. The whole family was getting sick. And that's what's Hmm. also weird about this story is they determined they all got food poisoning from something they all ate together, it sounds like, as a family. But Mr. Borden came home from a day of work around lunchtime. You know, when I said, like around 1050 yeah. or whatever. So he wasn't necessarily supposed to be at home sleeping on the couch when he was murdered, which seems like somebody would have had to just be able to do it whenever they wanted to, as opposed to somebody pre-planning it who wouldn't have known when he'd be home. Yeah. He wasn't supposed to be home. I don't know. And then, well, yeah, I mean, like to your point, like those murders are always like, like serial killers, like they're very calculated. Like they know when to do their crimes. Unless someone poisoned their food, not like poison, like kill you, but someone did something, tampered with their food to like make them sick. I don't know. I mean, well, and then that also leads to the Lizzie Borden trying to get that uh, poison. Yeah, the poison a few few days before or whatever it was. Yeah, and and maybe she couldn't get it from the one source and got it somewhere else and then used it in that way, but. Who knows? Because yeah. the autopsy, you're right, who knows? I, the autopsy revealed that a bunch of people in the family did actually have food poisoning because they were trying to figure out if poison itself or like some sort of toxic chemical was introduced into their bodies and they couldn't find any. So that's why they they said that their illness was foodborne or whatever. But it's also suspicious as if you haven't already noticed in this story, everyone's freaking taking a nap. Yeah. What's with like, it's weird. Like, oh, what were you doing? Oh, I was taking a nap, too. Oh, what were you doing? Oh, I was napping. Like, okay. Somebody, and then murders. If someone hits me in the head with an axe, I'm probably going to yell. Yeah, exactly. And people have gone into this house, and it's pretty, it's like, it's old. So the floors, you can hear kind of what's going on. Certainly thuds and stuff, or a yell. It's strange that these people who aren't even claiming that they knew for sure if they were fully asleep or not couldn't hear agonizing murder happening on the floor below them. It's strange. And I know Mm. you're probably going to get into the multiple murderer theory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because that lends to people being able to hear it. But if someone could have heard hit Mr. Borden being murdered downstairs and then Mrs. Borden upstairs could have heard it and then ran to the guest bedroom or whatever. But that could have led to maybe someone was upstairs at the same time chasing her down while someone was downstairs murdering Mr. Borden. So, yeah. I don't know, man. It's sketchy as all get out. But the third suspect is the family maid, Maggie. Maggie had gone upstairs to sleep in her bedroom, a floor above the guest okay. room where the uh, the the quote. Tweet. I'm just annoyed. I'm so annoyed. To, to Why is everyone sleep. like? Oh no, I was sleeping too. Well, then it's ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like, okay, everyone's asleep already again. Like, mm-hmm. and Mister Borden maybe because he's trying to do this. There's gotta be a movie about this, right? Or is this just uh, sinister? Documentaries, I'm sure. But can we actually talk about like how sinister is the scariest? <laughs> I mean, you need to talk about like sinister is scientifically proven <laughs> to be the scariest movie. So definitely scary. I thought everyone those... that likes and the, the Conjuring. Con- I mean, Conjuring is a great movie, but it's not the scariest movie. Okay, sinister Conjuring is I, scary, dude. I did oh not... no, I, that's not what I'm saying. Like, Conjuring is terrifying. Sinister, though is actually proven by science to be the scariest movie of all time. I just didn't think it was though. But oh. hey, I guess I can't I can't find I science. I have never seen the last 5 minutes of that movie. I've just been like eyes like my hands like close over my eyes. <laughs> I don't know. That movie just never really got me. I know Really? I know Austin, the the guest that we had on uh, the Spear of Destiny episode, I know he really doesn't like that movie because he thinks it's terrifying. And I don't, I, 
something about that movie just never really got Dude, me. I love that movie. I mean, it's a tremendous movie. It's really well done, but it is terrifying. It's so scary. But I mean, who am I to argue? I don't like it. Don't he, like Mark it. doesn't like scary movies. No, so. I, I do not. Full disclosure. I'm weak with that stuff, dude. I I'm not good, but I like a good scary story, just not on film. I think this <laughs> honestly, I think The Strangers is the most terrifying, just because it's, it's like, realistic. It could happen. Yeah. It could yeah. happen. The Strangers is like one of the best movies of all time. Not even like scary movies, just like one of the best movies. That's what people and I have talked about. Is when it comes to The Strangers, you stop talking about scary movies per se because they kind of have a connotation of not being very well done you're, you're trying to get spooked yeah. maybe some jump scares but quality is not really in the equation when you're talking about scary movies but the strangers alternatively is also brought up as like just a good movie because it's, it's scary so well yes done. for sure it is a yeah. horror film but it's just done in a way that is psychologically tormenting and also realistic enough where you're like this isn't terribly far-fetched yeah well there's serial killers like uh yeah richard ramirez he didn't choose his targets he pretty much just said like if your door was open i went in and used that to my advantage or if your yeah. windows were unlocked like that's it doesn't ter- that's just even just you saying that is scary dude. It, yeah it doesn't it it makes sense like that's why it's scary because it could happen and lock your doors <laughs> <laughs> if your door is unlocked right now Go check it. Oh, jeez. And and we're doing this at like 1.30 in the morning. Yeah, I was about to say, like, listen to this at like 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's creepy. Go check your doors. <laughs> Maggie had gone upstairs to sleep in her bedroom, a floor above the guest room where Mrs. Borden was murdered. Maggie, in her own testimony, claims she may not have been fully asleep at the time of the murders. Yet somehow she did not hear the brutal murder only one floor below. Finally, there's an unsubstantiated theory that Lizzie and Maggie, the maid, conspired to kill the Bordens together. This theory goes further to suggest that maybe even Lizzie and Maggie were possibly romantically involved. They liked each other. Maybe. Maybe. What? Were you there, Evan? Were you there? uh, No, I was not there. Like a huge. Not there, not there, (laughs) not there. (laughs) The classic rose red. That was, Boston, that was a rose red <laughs> the, cut. The double feature, basically, because you got to watch two movies. 95% of our audience is like, what the actual? <laughs> Some theories have Abby Borden discovering the romance to which they kill her and then kill Mr. Borden to cover it up. Supporters of this theory also point out that later in her life, Lizzie reportedly had a crush on an actress who she would invite over to her house with the rest of a group of actors after they would complete a show. So just, you know, saying that Lizzie kind of had an interest in women, potentially. Again, I wasn't there, but I mean, she was slaying. It sounds like it. And she never married in her life. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Could be. Could be. I mean, I don't doubt it. It's just to add. I don't know if. That would lead her to murder someone, but no, that that's not, that wasn't the point there. I just meant like, yeah. So it's yeah. possible that that c- connection led to why Maggie and Lizzie were. But po- that's what I mean, though. I like, know. I don't know if that is enough of a reason for them to conspire to be like, we have to get rid of my parents. I, I agree. I, I kind of think the most logical thing is that uh, Mr. Borden wasn't going to live maybe much longer because he it, from what i read he was pretty old at the time and her and abby borden weren't on good terms so if her father died all that wealth would go to his wife who had no care for uh lizzie or her sister emma yeah they didn't get on good terms yeah she didn't even call her abby she called her mrs borden but yeah as things got worse again because mr borden straight up bought a house for his wife's Half sister or whatever, or sister in law or whatever. Can you imagine having like that much money? Yeah, and no. then but then his but then his own daughters because at the time you couldn't really again, it's just stupid how things were at the time. But apparently you couldn't really have a house if you weren't married, so he wasn't willing to just buy his own daughters who are well older now a house of their own, but instead give a sister in law to his wife. Yeah. Uh, how, like, come on, dude. 
So they were really upset about it and didn't want Abby clearly to get all this money if their father died. So again, it it seems to stack up against a certain person, but I already told you she was let off as mm-hmm. not being guilty of the crime. Some other people seem to fit the role that maybe they could have. It's weird that Maggie is half asleep while people are getting murdered and doesn't care. But I don't know. And then burning a dress for Lizzie, burning a dress, and she's like, oh, I had paint on it. It's possible that Maggie told the police what, or the investigators, what Lizzie was wearing giving the impression that she was trying to give information on Lizzie as if she was guilty. But in all reality, she may have been helping Lizzie cover up what happened based on the details she was giving. So she told them what dress that Lizzie was wearing that day. So Lizzie had handed over to the police. Lizzie burned a different dress from the blue dress she was claiming to have worn that day or whatever. And Maggie collaborated and said that that's what it was. So a little fishy, hard to say who did what. And uh, it's kind of up to us to see if we have any real opinions on. So did who went to jail for this? Did anyone go to jail? No, for nobody. This? Nobody. Wow. I, I have more information, but this is going to come from my head. So I kind of want to hear you guys what you have to say, questions <laughs> or like ideas of what you think happened. And I can clarify. I th- the, the two murderer theory is the only thing that I really think makes sense because the fact that nobody else really like woke up or heard anything in the the house i mean i guess because mrs borden went into the guest room and it seemed like she was kind of running i guess that would mean that maybe she did hear it and was trying to hide and it maybe could be one person and if that's the case if it was one person then it was in my opinion morse because I feel like a you man. Think maybe it was the the Mr. Morse guy. I feel John like Morris? I feel like if it was just one person, it would have been him. Because if he had the power to perhaps murder Mr. Borden downstairs and get upstairs and then kill Mrs. Borden within that short time span, I feel like it would have had to have been someone who was more of a robust. Yeah, in strength. And, yeah, and, yeah, and I'm not saying that maybe yeah, okay. the females couldn't have done it. Sure, but I feel like it's more plausible that a a man could have done sure. that just because of the physical. If attribute. it was one person, yeah. Think, yeah. If it was mm-hmm. one, but the two people could be the whole Lizzie and the the maid. See, that's where I'm kind of like leaning towards. Like, it has to be two people, in my opinion. It it would be way easier if it was two people. And I think that leans more towards the him being home when he wasn't supposed to be theory too, yeah. where he came home sick from work and all that. I think that them being at the house all the time compared to Morse makes more sense because I don't know if Morse would have been at the house the whole time considering he was just in town to visit and he wouldn't have necessarily known that he would have been home. Yeah. At that period of time. And that's why I think it leads more towards Lizzie conspiring with someone else, whether it be the maid or someone other than that. Yeah. I was actually, I I just got something to say this so I don't lose my train of thought. When you say maybe the maid and Lizzie conspired, the other thing I was thinking is, what if they had already done both murders together? Obviously the murders had happened. Mm -hmm. But what if the maid went to get the neighbor as a third-party witness, who really was oblivious to everything that happened, mind you, but wanted to have a third-party person be able to be like, oh, I was with them. Like, I I went up with Maggie, and we first saw the body up there. And now Maggie, yeah. who probably would have been the person upstairs doing the upstairs murder because she was claiming to be napping up there or whatever, if, if it was in case, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, they were collaborating or whatever. Now the neighbor can be like, oh, I was with Maggie, and we found the body, and it was nuts. Like, well, yeah. And that, that also goes into <laughs> the, the way that you just, oh, I was with Maggie, it was nuts. That also goes into the uh, the dress thing, too. It's If it was the co-conspirators in uh, Maggie and Lizzie, they could have taken as much time as they needed in between going to get the neighbor and when Lizzie needed to change out of her clothing that she was wearing and then put on something else that was clean yeah so who knows if they had killed both of them 
taken an hour to change Lizzie and get more of the things cleaned up in the meantime and then stage it to look like it was someone else. I mean, they didn't have DNA or anything yeah. at the time, so. And what's the name of the person who identifies kind of what happened with the coroner? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. The coroner put out a report basically saying that they thought that Mrs. Borden had actually died up upwards of maybe as much as two hours before Mr. Borden. So it's really? possible she was actually dead upstairs by the time he fell asleep on the couch or came home from work sick, and then they murdered him. Which, I don't know how that fits into the timeline and whatever we're thinking about who could have killed who, but that would, at least, if that's to be believed, and I don't know how well their medical skills were done back then, to be fair, <laughs> but maybe the John Morris guy could have killed her, and then he... And that's yeah. the thing. Like that, If that is true, that leans more towards me saying it was Morris. Yeah. Because... Even if he wasn't supposed to be there, like he was just in town visiting. How weird! In town and a murder happens right yeah. there. I don't know. It's weird. It's all weird. All of it's weird. Oh yeah, but and I mean we're gonna figure it out because I mean, we have to figure it out. So I think us. I think before Sponge we're done, Bob, we have we to. We have the technology. <laughs> so Jay, what was the jingle you were gonna sing? I want. I was. It's, see. I don't remember it specifically. Should I, should but I start it, you out and then? It's. I know it's Lizzie, Lizzie Borden, Borden took, took an, an axe. axe Gave her, her mother, gave her mother, yep, forty, 40 wax. When, when she saw what, what she had done, done, she gave her father forty-one. Yeah, kids used to sing that jingle to Lizzie Borden herself. And I her just dabbed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's how much people believe that it was Lizzie Borden. That there's an entire jingle, even at the time. Yeah, like, people were convinced. Even when she got off of, like, you know, because she went to court. Uh, or to trial, people thought she was guilty. And even when they found her not guilty, people were so sure she killed her parents. Well, because, yeah, she inherited all this money, went yep. and bought herself her own house, and then lived there with, like, anyone she wanted. And Courts of public opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty much what this is. Because yeah. like, mm-hmm. this was the 1890s before we had anywhere near the technology that we have today to like figure out things that we thing is the house she bought with the money after it was still in fall river yeah so like she oh stuck it to him sweetie baby yeah (laughs) eventually her sister this is after they bought a house and all this but eventually her sister emma did leave town good but lizzie dude she was hanging around she uh, apparently felt okay with herself after everything. So I don't, I don't know. Man. I mean, are you gonna mess with a woman who maybe killed her parents? I I don't think I would, but I don't know. I mean, no. I'm not gonna like. <laughs> are you really gonna go up to her house? Put like, it that way. Her? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. It's creepy. I don't know, so, man. In getting into this is kind of a prelude, actually, because our next episode is going to be pretty interesting with a lot of things. But so the house is kind of claimed to be haunted now. So I don't know how you can get access. I know people have been able to do tours and or sleepovers in some cases of the Borden house. But it's creepy as all get out. But what was really cool to see recordings of people in there is how how well you can hear some some sounds from like floor levels or thuds and I don't know I it just I'm not convinced that you could could commit a murder let alone two in there and not hear it. That's um, why I think the most plausible ones are either Morse killed Abby earlier in the day and then when John came home killed him, or it was two people. Yeah, I think those are the only plausible options. I would agree with you. Yeah. I would agree with you. I mean, obviously, and then Lizzie had that little tidbit where she's sense. like, yeah. oh, the door was open when I was in the barn and I came back. I mean, like when I came out of the barn to the house, the door was open. Uh, maybe someone random came in and killed them. Like, I don't know. And then and then Maggie shows up with a neighbor like, oh, see, Mrs. Burden's upstairs or Borden's upstairs. I think I heard her. Did you see anything about the fact that the axe was found in the barn? Because no. wasn't that a thing? That no, the there was, was the only thing found on the property was an axe without a handle, mind you, just the head of the axe in the basement. That's what it was. It was yeah, in, the in the basement and it had no oh. blood on it, had no handle. But there was an axe head found in the basement. 
So wow. It, they didn't even identify it as the weapon, from what I understand. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, it sounds like whatever it was, they had a ton of time. But this doctor is omnipresent, so he's everywhere. Yeah, Maybe it was the doctor. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't imagine. I, I'm i not going to solve it. <laughs> I, it's tough. It's tough. I think we agree that it seems – I mean – we're saying what everyone else already kind of says, though, which is that it's one of those three people with maybe the two women working together. But that seems to be as far as you can really get. But there's cases against all three of them to some extent, and it's just amazing that they all got off. Yeah, I mean, there's a good – like John Mulaney is a comedian. He is a, he is a good bit about, like, old-time investigations where – he jokingly says like a guy, a crime scene investigator would come in and see a body laying on the ground and someone would come up and be like, the body's over there in a pool of blood. And he's like, gross, clean it up. <laughs> but that's like accurate. That actually I mean, sounded kind of like John Mulaney. No, it's, that was pretty that's it's pretty accurate though. I mean, like yeah. how are you supposed to do anything with it? Like you don't have DNA. You don't have any sort of the oh. forensic technology that we have today. Unless they still had things to point to today, I mean, I don't, I don't think they really preserved things enough to be able to go back and do any forensic testing as we have today. No, so. I agree, and, and investigations are so interesting today because of the technology yeah. to some extent. Cases are, yeah. you can do so much more. So when you can't solve something today, is that almost kind of trippier? Well, I don't know. And there's like the example of the the Golden State or the. Golden State Killer, I think it was. Yeah, I forget what it is. And he was a serial killer that went unfound for so long that he ended up getting caught because one of his, like, grandkids or something did the one of the Ancestry.com or whatever and sent their DNA in. They ended up getting caught because someone else sent their DNA in, and that's how they ended up getting caught. And Do you say Jeepers? I did. Made me think that, like, maybe... Mystery Incorporated actually caught him. <laughs> Scoopy and Shaggy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we they just didn't have that stuff back then. So it's it's pretty much, it's probably going to remain unsolved at this point unless yeah. some yeah. miracle happens. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's, that's pretty much all I'm going to bring to the table on this story. But I think it now would be a good time to kind of finally uh, both obviously plug our social medias, but also talk a, a little bit about oh. what's going on next week for our podcast. So I'll turn it over to Jacob and Evan and talk about that. So uh, next week we are doing a group topic. And for this group topic, we did ask for listener stories. So I'm not sure if by the time we get this episode out that we will have recorded that episode, but if we haven't and either way go to uh, our social medias, search gems of history on Twitter and Instagram or Gems of History Podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. But email us your scary stories, your personal scary stories. We want ghost stories, alien stories, true crime stories, anything that you found frightening in your life that you think is worthy of being read on the podcast. Send it over. We'll we'll read it and let us know if you want a shout out with your name and stuff on the show, but we'll do it if you want, or if you don't want us to tell everyone your name, we'll do it anonymously. So it's up to you guys. But yeah, either way, if this comes out before and you don't hear it, but just send them either way because we always want to hear your guys' stories and we, we love hearing from you guys. You guys are the lifeblood of the show. You guys are the reason we keep doing this, and that's that's the whole thing. So. Yeah, it's fun for us, but it's fun to see the feedback. And um, I don't know, just seeing anyone listen is pretty exciting. Yeah, honestly, like yeah. we didn't expect to get any sort of response from doing this. And the fact that you guys have been so receptive and keep telling us that we're doing such a good job, it, it really does push us to keep 100%. going. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we appreciate all of you that listen. And that is such an awesome thing to hear. So, yeah. Thank, I'm excited for our next app because thank all of you. we're going to get a little right. more interaction with yes, uh, I, some of the I yeah. think the next step might be our longest one. Would not doubt it. So. Which actually maybe works at this Samurai one. It's not quite one. as long. That might kind of be yes. yeah, good. So. so 
be ready for that. And I know I'm excited and I think you guys will really enjoy it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Until next time, that is all for us. But thank you, Mark, for bringing that topic for us today. That of course. Was a very good talk. Yeah, that was fun. And we will talk to all of you next time. All of you have a good week and happy belated Easter. And we'll talk to you next time. All right. See everybody. Just uh, Lair, call scares. us Detective Gordon. No, no. <laughs> we, we, are, we didn't really we solve are anything. We the solvers of this mystery. Yeah. <laughs> all right. See you later, everybody. All right.